Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Crossing him over, driving one-on-one, hanging off the glass and in. Donovan goes right at the former defensive player of the year and scores on him. Jazz have a chance to tie here. Terrence Mann now instead of Patrick Beverly on Donovan. Donovan steps into a three and they lead. Donovan, oh, he's got a wide open pass down Hollywood Boulevard and he'll rip it for two. Donovan, catch and shoot, right corner three, up and in. Three-point game, 110-107. 17 seconds left, the Jazz file. Kawhi Leonard in the backcourt. Last free throw from Donovan. He tried to miss it on purpose. Tip it out to Royce O'Neal, fires and misses. That's actually not the right play. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I'm not going to, like, you, give you You needed big... to make the, yeah. Yeah, you had to make the free throw and steal the inbound pass. You can't, like, you're going to miss that free throw. You missed that. Get a foul on the rebound. You have to get fouled on a three. Like, there's really no chance that's happening. So, not quite sure why Donovan did that. Pretty irrelevant. What's up, big haircut? You are no longer Gordon G. Time Hayward. From henceforth, you shall be known as Big Haircut. That, of course, is Austin's nickname for Gordon Hayward. His attitude changed the day he got that haircut, that big haircut. All right, Gordon, let's let's talk about the Jazz a little bit against the Clippers, and, and certainly we will spend uh, part of the day focused on uh, tonight's opponent, the Charlotte Hornets. But fall to the Clippers Friday night, 116-112. to 112. The streak comes to an end. However, the Jazz have still won 20 of 22, and last time I checked, that was uh, not bad. Uh, that six-game run that we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, Gordon, yeah. uh, with the, the, home street, or the home stand against the Eastern Conference foes and then back-to-back against the Clippers, the Jazz come out of that 5-1. One. Yeah, when you and I talked about it before it happened, we said four and two. And we thought that was lofty, right? Yeah. 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 So, look, they're going to lose. They're going to lose some games. And we saw it happen there. Uh, and, and I really liked uh, so the comments of various players afterward. Didn't you think that they were pretty apropos? Donovan's was, in particular, I thought. Yeah, Donovan said it's a, it's a, it's a bump in the road. It's a, a, a good bump in the road. You know, I mean, they can learn from that. And they hadn't had a whole lot of really tight games, uh, games that could have gone either way at the end, and and that one could have. But, um, yeah, you live and learn off of something like that. Some people might think, okay, the Clippers lose to the Jazz when they don't have their two best players going, but then they bring their two best players back and they they turn that in a different direction. Uh, but it's one game out of 72, and uh, I think if they if they lost 20 of 21, then that might be a problem. But losing one game in the midst of making it now 20 and 20 of 22 that they won, no big deal. So I I laugh at that. You know their guys come back and then they win. I just kind of laugh at that storyline because, um, well, we're talking about. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, not to mention Nicholas Batum, like uh, like Coach Schneider was asked in the pregame in his media availability, uh, what what difference do you think it's going to make having these <laughs> these guys back in the lineup? And and by the way, bless Coach's heart because he, he gave it a very nice answer. But I can't believe he didn't just look <laughs> and say, well, you know, Kawhi Leonard is is Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> and uh, and Paul George is pretty good, so. Never mind that Nicholas Batum can do a, about a zillion different things for that team. But uh, yeah, it would be probably the same game as the other night. So some difference, Coach? So, that- <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like oh, my think? gosh. And, of course, they had an impact. Um, the, the Clippers are really good. They are. I, that game against Brooklyn aside, uh, which we can talk about 
how noble it is to win the game on a flop. But uh, the Clippers are, are awesome, and they were very motivated against the Jazz. And uh, I give Donovan Mitchell a lot of credit for overcoming a slow start because Pat- Patrick Beverly, you know, gets to Donovan. I mean, Patrick Beverly is a great defensive player, Donovan said after the game. You know, there's a reason he's first team all defense, and that's because, yeah, he's a, he's a bulldog. And those other guys out there are, are really, really good. Kawhi and Paul George are, are excellent, and that's a really good team. And the Jazz played it close, made a, made a great, uh, made a good run at it, and the second half came up just a little bit short. But, um, you know, I don't think there was any shame whatsoever in losing that basketball game. Those shots that Donovan Mitchell hit at, near the end, I mean, those were, th- those, those were something special to watch. And I know the Jazz came up short, not going to uh, uh, pretend to have anyone celebrate that, but uh, Jazz made them work hard, and you can't win them all. It just it just doesn't happen that way. But I do agree with Locke. When I saw what Donovan did at the end after after giving his team life, giving his team a chance, he missed some shots too, but he hit those big ones. And I, I don't know what he did. He ever explain what he was trying to do at the end there? Because I that made no sense to me to hope for. A, a weird rebound and then get fouled on a three-point shot in order to give your chance, uh, your team a chance to tie it. You got to make that and then steal the inbound, right? Yeah, um, he, I don't think he was asked about it unless I missed it, but it, it's because it didn't matter. I mean, the game was over. Oh, okay, all right. But he, they could have stolen the inbound, sure. I mean, that could have that could have happened. Yeah. But they let's see how much time was missed on the or how much time was left on the clock. Like one point two. Yeah, I mean it, yeah, was, it was it was a long shot either yeah. way. So I I don't know it he I don't know if he explained it. He probably just missed the math in his head or or thought that that's what he had to do. I don't know. It, so, but you, I mean I understand that people put extra emphasis on a on a full strength Clippers team because this is the kind of team that you're going to measure the Jazz against. They've put themselves in pretty rarefied air. And uh, you don't judge the Jazz typically by what they do against uh, the Pelicans. Maybe a little bit, some, but uh, when they play the Clippers, now you're going up against uh, your your uh, your real competition. And they beat them and, two out of three times. And they did. Yeah. And they did. But this time they were fully loaded. And they were the I, first time too. Yeah, that's true. And Mike that's Conley true. took apart the Clippers in that first game, and Mike minutes restriction – first game back you know wasn't didn't have that type of performance so mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot of ifs and buts uh to to you know <laughs> you know that that's why the nba regular season i mean will will we even reference this game if these teams match up in the playoffs maybe a little bit right yeah, and we'll bit. reference the first game and we'll say they were shorthanded the second game but whatever you throw it out the you throw it out the window so i don't i don't feel any differently about this jazz team today than i did when we were doing the show on on friday yeah, especially since they did not, they were not particularly sharp early, and yet they they made a game of it, and uh, I, I think that's worthwhile. I mean, like I said, you're not going to win them all, and uh, you know, but you can fight. I didn't see a lack of fight in the Jazz, did you? No, huh? And and it didn't go perfectly for them. The Clippers played really good defense. They that hug the shooter thing is going to be the Jazz nemesis. Yeah. Going forward, and some teams can do it better than others, but the Clippers are so long, and have these great defenders that that they'll be able to do that. So what I, I guess here's here's if we're going to look at this, and I, when Quinn Snyder uh, absorbed all that, and I'm sure that his mind is working a million miles a minute 
and he's uh, putting it all together, looking for ways that the Jazz can uh, counter some of these uh, challenges that are thrown their way. So what what do, what do the Jazz have to do? And I'm sure you guys talked about this in the post game. But what what do you think they have to do in order to counter that? I guess part of it has to do with Rudy. Because when they hug the shooters, it turns into a two-man game in the middle of the floor, and then you're running pick and roll. And, you know, on those types of games, Rudy should have big nights. And we saw Rudy have a big night on Wednesday, and he had a big night rebound in the ball of 15 boards, but eight points on four of seven shooting on Friday. And the guys who were guarding Rudy didn't really change. So maybe the Clippers were doing something subtly a little bit different on Rudy, but I think a lot of it has to do with, with mentality, and he really needs to force the issue and be aggressive because the team is essentially betting that Rudy's not going to do that or they're going to be able to limit it, which they have been able to, certain teams have been able to in the past. So I think it starts there. But also, you know, forcing the issue, getting into the lane. Donovan needs to beat Kawhi or Patrick Beverly or whoever's guarding him and make the the defense adjust so you can get the blender going even when they're hesitant to come off their guys. Yeah, 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 exactly. Another note from that game is – the Jazz bench got killed in that game relative to the Clippers bench. Yeah, uh, you know, Clarkson had 19, uh, 9 of 17 shooting. I mean, 1 of 7 from 3, not his best night, of course. And then, you know, George Niang uh, only played 10 minutes. Joe Ingles, maybe it's coming off the bench. Maybe that's something to talk about, but uh, certainly not the games he's been having lately. Yeah. Yeah, between Morris and uh, and Lou Williams, I mean, those guys really hurt the Jazz. They closed uh, the game with Morris, though. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not your typical bench number because they found that Morris dragging Rudy out of the paint was the best way they were going to be able to go out Rudy, and it worked really well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. see, uh, that that gets my point, and maybe we can get into this later on in the show, that you need to be able to – Rudy needs to punish them for having the stones to think that Marcus Morris uh, can match up against Rudy Gobert. You know what yes. I mean? Yes, They need I to do. punish him on the other end for, mm-hmm. for going that way. And that didn't really happen on Friday. Exactly. And it was so weird because of what you said, the juxtaposition against what he did in the previous game. Yep. When he he did, he hammered him. Uh, We've got some competing polls in the Twitterverse right now. Uh, Our boy DJ, David James, at David uh, DJ James, has a poll question out. And Austin has a similar poll question out. There is some controversy about who had it out first, but we won't get caught up in that. Uh, but basically, Austin. I'll see g- you on the bar bathroom floor, David DJ James. <laughs> Give us the gist of your Twitter poll question, Austin Horton. Uh, I just wanted to know if people uh, looking back on how da- uh, Hayward's exit went, the four options were you're still mad as ever, more mad than ever, don't care anymore, or glad he left. 406 votes so far on this thing. Landslide victory for don't care anymore. Okay. David DJ James worded it this way. What do you think of Gordon Hayward now? Uh, four options. Don't like him. Don't care. Cheer for him. And who the bleep is Hayward? Easy on the language <laughs> Come there, on, David. Cal, usually TV guys are sensitive about that sort of thing. Got a little loose there. And what are the results? Uh, 56.9% don't care. 22% don't like him. cheer for him, and 12.3% who the bleep is Hayward. 
and there's been 1,105 votes. Wow. So uh, uh, what am I to take from these polls, essentially, that uh, people here say they just don't care anymore, essentially, that they don't... uh, uh, And that's really the healthiest way to go, isn't it? I mean, why hang on to that? I suppose. I mean, healthiest, move on. I got all that, but I don't get. Uh, let me put it this way: I don't get the eight point eight percent in this uh, poll from David James who cheer for him. He purposely screwed over the franchise. Why would Why would people <laughs> cheer for that? I get it. all right. Uh, bigger and better. Donovan Mitchell turned out to be great. The Jazz are still a competitive franchise. So water under the bridge. But I don't get. I don't get the the cheer for him part because maybe of they're the, not. Maybe they're not Jazz fans. Well, I suppose. Ooh. Yeah, maybe they're not Jazz fans, so they cheer for them. Maybe they're oh, Hornets there's, fans. There's, there's people here uh, in Salt Lake City and uh, city, cities around here who uh, who come from other places around the country, and they they might not care, or they might cheer for him because they he's played for some of their other teams, or who knows why? I don't know why, but I, I do think it's good uh, that Jazz fans are are walking away from that a little bit, and I I think it's uh, a big part of that is because they're really good without him. So. I say hate away. You do you. <laughs> you hate that guy. That guy screwed you over on purpose. Revenge is so tasty. Yeah, right. Enjoy. Well, your that's t- your whole theme with sports. That's uh, I would be I would be disappointed if I didn't hear you say that yeah. because it would be counter to everything you've always said before. Exactly. You know what flavor goes with everything? Revenge. It does. Looking really, good. Jake. Looking really, good I mean, teal there, Gordon. So you think that this is something to hang on to? I don't blame people that do. Well, L- listen, I, I get it why Jazz fans cheer for Derek Favors in New Orleans. Like, that makes a lot of sense. If somebody wants to say, I'm still cheering for that guy, 100%, I understand that. Yeah, and they did. And they did. But the way that Gordon Hayward left Utah by blindsiding them was something that he decided a long time ago. Allegedly, yeah. but that's the way I read it. And then uh, not even being willing to give them a trade exception. Not that a trade exception is all that valuable per se, but it's at least something to say that, wow, I don't hate you. I just want to go somewhere else. And not even willing to do that. That's pure sour grapes. So why would people cheer for that? He's not cheering uh, for you. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't care about you. And I think that's still true. He said some nice things about the Jazz. But uh, the way they're playing. But you're right. He, the way he left was somewhat vindictive. I would remove the word "somewhat" from that sentence. But yeah, I think we're we're on the same page there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't get why, considering the way the Jazz, on the whole, treated him and worked with him to help him get better. I'm not sure I understand exactly why he is. Uh, uh, so so uh, eager to inflict uh, damage on his way out the door. All right, it's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.